All right, welcome along to another episode of Sweet Tea and Coffee. It's another episode. You're not going to say the number this time. No, I'm trying to just settle in. Yeah. Like once we become pros, you don't say the episode yeah. number anymore, right? You don't say. Well, when when John and I were doing it, we never mentioned the number. We like intentionally. Oh, y'all are pros. Yeah, we're pros. I want to start today because uh, before we introduce our guest, who is anxiously awaiting uh, her debut on the pod, but I want to give a a quick shout out to the big city of Gilmer. The oh, big city of yeah. Gilmer. There's two friends of the pod that uh, that came to uh, church on Sunday. Got to see them, James and Shaylee Engle. And James is a frequent listener. James, what's up, man? Thanks yeah. for being a friend of the pod, of the pod. all the way in Gilmer. Maybe that's going to be a new section on the podcast: is highlighting friends of the pod. Friends of the it's pod. It's just a, like the multiple weeks we've done this, so. Yeah, well, we probably should get started. James, what's up? Thanks for listening. Also, uh, we've got the great Teresa Allen here in the room today. We're going to be interviewing her. Teresa is a, uh, well, I'm just say this. My favorite part uh, about her is that she knows a thing or two about Taco Villa in West Texas. Uh, so there's that, and we'll get into that. <laughs> but she's also the wonderful principal of uh, the Fredonia Hill Baptist Academy. Uh, and we're going to get into her story and how she came to uh, be the lead over at the academy and how God is using her in that area and how God's using the school um, for some cool ministry stuff here in our community. So stick around. Here we go. Okay. Well, I said we were here with Teresa Allen. Teresa, welcome. Thank you for for being here. Or as I should I should not say Teresa. This is a principal here. We need to say this is Miss Allen mm-hmm. uh, officially uh, the principal of our school. But more importantly, someone who knows a thing or two about uh, about West Texas. Is that really and more importantly? It or is. is. Yes. Keep saying it that. is. <laughs> it is because there's so many desert haters around here. That That's right. When I find a friend, mm-hmm. uh, I just, w- yeah, we need to talk about that for, for a little bit. So uh, she married a man who knows a thing or two about West Texas. Yes. She knows a thing or two about West Texas. Uh, I just think, yeah, this is uh, this is where we need to start. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about where you're from and how does someone... Uh, that knows a thing or two about West Texas, end up in the Piney Woods. How did you get here? That's the all-time favorite question of everyone. How did a desert rat end up in <laughs> East Texas? That's right. Well, um, I was raised in Texas till about fifth grade, moved to New Mexico, which is southeastern New Mexico, right between Roswell and Carlsbad, mm. and wanted to go back to Texas for college. So went to Texas at West Texas State University. That's where I was wanting to go, excited. That was my school. And then I met a guy. So uh, he wanted to major in forestry after he was going to West Texas also. And he wanted to move to where there were trees so he could study forestry. And his dad had gotten his master's at Stephen F. Austin. I had no idea where Nacogdoches was. I didn't even know where it was on the map, didn't know it existed. And, but we were engaged. And so, you know, going to follow the man of my dreams there to East go. Texas. And we got here, ended up loving it and staying. We had said when we graduated, we were going to move back west. You know, go back to Taco Villa, go back to all the Come things on. we loved. I mean, that's what we were going to do. But God had other plans. And hmm. Mark started a business and... We just made our life here, and it has worked beautifully. But we do miss West Texas. When we get out there, we feel like, wow, 
this is open because we used to just want to climb a tree and get the lay of the land, you know, because it's just everywhere you turn, there was something. And we're used to wide open spaces oh, yeah. where there's nothing that obstructs your view. So we were very excited to get to West Texas and for the first time after being here and be like, wow, we can breathe. Yeah, it's can open. Breathe. Yes. <laughs> yes. You know, a little West Texas tidbit. I, I know that for forestry, you know, you got to come here and, but one of, and you can look this up, do a little Google work, but one of the largest Oak forests, I believe in the nation, uh, is in West Texas. Hmm. Now the catch is kind of skeptical about this. No, I know, I know you're already, I know you're already skeptical. I've I've driven through it, it, but the catch is that those, uh, those sweet little Oak trees are only about a foot off the ground. Yeah. That's Uh, what I was thinking. But still that I think that's just, okay. So just, you know, a little Google tidbit. Okay. I got to ask you because, uh, because this is the most important thing about you in terms of your West Texas heritage, but what is, uh, what's your favorite thing about it? I love asking this question to people that really appreciate it. What was your, what was your favorite thing? Uh, about well, it? my favorite thing that I didn't know was my favorite thing until I moved away was the sunsets, the sunrises. I mean, yeah. I, I just really took that for granted growing up. And then when I moved here and you don't really see it till the sun's way up in the sky. I mean, it, there's something about those sunsets that's mm. just incredible. Yeah. Yeah. And the drier climate was a little bit of a myth. Now yeah. I go back home and crack, but when I first would go home, I'm like, oh, I'm not sweating when I walk outside. It's wonderful. Yeah, it's like if you would wait till the sun went down, it would cool <laughs> off. Yeah. And you'd be fine. And here you just sweat all the time. Yeah. All the time. Midnight, you're still sweating. I, yeah, right. I can't. Yeah. I still haven't got used uh, to it. So tell me, you said you grew up near Roswell. Yes. So what's the deal? Is there like aliens out there? Or? <laughs> it's so funny because when I grew up, I mean, it was known about Roswell, but it was not an event. There was nothing downtown. There was no, you just knew the story. Now it's like a full-blown, the whole town of Roswell is decked out, and they have an annual (laughs) event, and it's kind of crazy. But we did know the story, and I'm sure (laughs) some people believed and some didn't, but it was kind of a namesake thing. But now it's a a big deal. It really wasn't that big a deal back then. It's a pretty famous little town now. Yeah, it is. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Everybody knows what what Roswell's all about. Yeah. Okay. So give me give me just a little background on on your story in terms of faith. When did you uh, when did you start following Jesus? How how did that look in your life? Well, um, I grew up in a very strict Christian home, so it was kind of a given that that would happen. Uh, I was about nine years old when I walked the aisle. Right. Uh, you know the big thing. You go walk the aisle, and then yeah. a few weeks later, you get baptized. The whole thing. Um, so I remember that vividly, and I think I always wanted to follow Jesus just because it was prominent in my home, and hmm. my parents were, I mean, they taught us about the Bible. We went to church, and it was just something that we knew. That was the next step, and you knew that was coming. So it was that. Um, as in with anyone else, I think in your high school years, your early college years, you kind of, oh, you know, you've grown up in faith, and you kind of step away from it a little bit, and after the first year of college, when my grades were not so great, I decided, you know what? I need to step back in with Jesus and get this fixed. Yeah. <laughs> so I kind of rededicated my life to following him more passionately than I had. Hmm. I never really stepped totally away from it. You yeah. know how it goes. Yeah. So kind of rededicated my life and straightened things back out. And that's kind of when I see that I had grown in my faith the most is during those years. Yeah. 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 That's And that's so that's so good because that's that seems to be when when it, you really have to own things when, mm-hmm. when real life, like you're making real decisions, you're out on your own and it's like, okay, 
if, if my faith doesn't undergird everything I do, then what am I doing? What am I really doing? And right. it's like, I've got to really own this in a very different way than I had <laughs> before. Our stories are, are similar in that regard, but that was the yeah. same for me. It's like, okay, this has got to become a very different part of my life than mm-hmm. maybe it, it has been before. Yeah. So, okay. So you meet Mark in that, uh, in that span of time. I did. And I you did. guys get engaged. So you got married young. I did. If you got, if you got engaged before yes. y'all were finished with school. I was a month from 20. And got Watch married. out. I, I look back at my parents and think, what were y'all thinking? <laughs> but, you know, I had been in college two years because my birthday is July. So I'd graduated early. Okay. So I'd already had a couple of years of college. But, um, yes, we fell in love quickly. You know, still in love. Just love Mark Allen. and um, Friend of the pod. Yes. Friend of the pod. <laughs> he is now. He is now if he wasn't. <laughs> and um, so anyway, we've just – we got married. We moved to Nacogdoches. Uh, right after we got married and he continued on with school because I wasn't a Texas resident. I stayed out for a year and worked to become a Texas mm. resident. So I didn't have to pay out of state tuition because yeah. I had it covered That's no joke. with a scholarship at West Texas, but you know, so, uh, graduated and Mark graduated and then he started his own business, uh, with this construction company and so that's how he, I know that's what he does now. Mm-hmm. That's he, what that's he what, did right out of the gate. He did. He took some ag mechanic classes in college and just loved it. And he has a minor in forestry, but he kind of went back to the agriculture part of it and just loved it. I mean, he's always been good with his hands and loved doing stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So it was just kind of natural for him to go with it. And so he built metal barns first was all he did. And then some carports here and there. And it's just grown into homes and everything else. So. Yeah. Hey, if just a little plug too. If you want to see his handiwork, you need to come visit the school. Yeah. By yeah. the way, registration is open. It's open. Uh, yeah, so if yeah, you want to come, come check out the school, do a tour, <laughs> you can see some of his handiwork. We just did a, a pretty significant remodel oh, yes. of the offices and, and a lot of the flooring and paint. Mm-hmm. And it is beautiful. It he does a updated. great job. It really does. Yeah, it's yeah, really yeah. nice. So that, that's really cool. So, okay. So in school, what it, did you, from the jump, did you know that you were going to be in education? Was that what you were pursuing or how did yes. that come about? I probably since early on, I used to line up my stuffed animals and my brother and teach them <laughs> and, and your brother and my brother, <laughs> poor thing. Um, but when I was in seventh grade, I remember writing an essay on why I wanted to become a teacher or what you want to be when you grow up. Yeah. And my mom kept that paper. It's kind of fun to look back. Wow. At. Yeah. But I think I knew early on, I just wanted to teach. I don't know why, just something I did have a little spell in there because I grew up raising animals and things. I thought I wanted to be a vet, but then I figured out real quick I couldn't cut things open. So, um, yeah. <laughs> How do you figure me. that out? Ugh. I watched. You know, okay, I and then sh- and yeah. then it's okay. And then you're like, no, no, maybe that's not, not for me. <laughs> so back to teaching, I went, um, and I've just never wavered. I just knew that's what I was going to do. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So then, so then that's the that's the uh, academic route you pursue is. I'm going to get certified or get my degree in, in education. Mm-hmm. And then you jump off into teaching. Yes. Yeah, so what, I, and so what's that? My first job uh, was in Dieball. So I drove there from Nacogdoches for four years. Uh, wow. And the last year, Landry was born, my daughter. So I had her in tow, and I had a lady that kept her in Dieball for me. Um, but started in Dieball, had an excellent principal. She taught me so much. And I just enjoyed my years there, but it was a drive. I had become a mother. I taught third grade, loved my job, but I wanted to stay home with my kids. I didn't want to teach. So gosh, I took a break 
and stayed home until probably 2002 when I came back to Fredonia Hill. So I left there, I think it was 98 when I left Dieball and then stayed home with my children until 2002. Wow. So I was a, a mom. But I loved it. Wouldn't trade it. So glad I got those years of staying home with them. Well, and I don't know if we're going to get here or not. Maybe we will a little bit down the road. You can talk about this. But uh, you mentioned Landry, your firstborn, and she's a teacher at the school. Yes. Which is just way cool. It is super cool. uh, She didn't think she – so she started out in education, and then I was teaching at – I had taken a break for a year from Fredonia Hill and went to teach Mike Moses Middle School thinking, oh, you know, I'll go try public school again. And now, my when was kids this? were out. This was about five or six years ago. Okay. Okay. Just for a year. Yeah. It just lasted a year. Yeah. But, <laughs> and then God sent <laughs> Came me back right to back the promised land. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so after that year of teaching, it was pretty crazy that year. She decided maybe I don't want to be a teacher. So she is actually went for, for nutrition and went more of a science route. Right. But it, she's actually the science teacher now at the school, which worked out great. Yeah. And, and she's, she's the it. one that is also doing a lot of uh, our, uh, she's, she coaches some of our athletics. Yes. And I yes. always love it because I have this, my, my window in my office looks out into our parking lot. Oh and yeah. It is not rare <laughs> for me to see Landry out there uh, running these, uh, these middle schoolers around, they're getting ready for cross country or whatever. And, uh, yeah. I just love it. She's out there drilling know, them in the parking lot. The whip. <laughs> that's that's right. right. They come in red faced. That's and right. Breathing hard, that's right. legs hurting, but that's good. Good for them. <laughs> so, okay. So you jump into teaching, teach for a period of time, and then you come back, uh, in 98, you said I came back in 2002 and, um, but Landry, I had enrolled her at Fredonia Hill. Okay. So she had started school there. So that, that then you, you coming back and teaching at Fredonia Hill was your kind of your introduction to the academy. Yes. And that would have been under the legendary Miss principal, Miss Harris, Harris yes, yes, yes. who plays a massive role in just who our school is and right. uh, just a fantastic legacy there. But uh, so what was that like? What was that like going uh, from having that long of a break and then jumping right back into well, school? Well, it was interesting because... Uh, I'm not, I was not certified to teach the youngers, but there was a kindergarten position open. And by this time, Landry was in first grade, Reed was older. So I thought, well, I'll go back to teaching. And the kindergarten position came open and Peggy Fadun and I both applied for the job among other people. Another legend. Another legend. And she's certified in the younger. So she got the job. I did not. And Miss Harris called and said, but I don't want you to go anywhere because if I get another spot open, I would love for you to take the spot. Well, I was okay with that because I'm like, I can stay home or teach. It doesn't matter at this point. Um, And she called me about a month later and said, the other kindergarten teacher is leaving. Would you like the job? And I said, sure. Don't know about kindergarten, but I had a kindergartner at one point. So surely I can do this. Yeah, Yeah. that's called certified is what I think. (laughs) And so Peggy and I started together, which was so neat, really. But she was Miss Kindergarten and I was not. So I was old school Sit down, get that pencil out, let's go, yeah, you know, yeah. tough. She's singing to them across the hall. <laughs> so it wasn't long before I was like, Miss Fadun, you're going to have to teach me your ways. Teach me the songs. Which, by the way, know I, the songs. I heard you singing one of those songs a couple weeks ago at chapel. You brought one of those little <laughs> Yes, one of her song out. cards, yeah. yeah. Song cards out. and Yeah, she and, taught me well. Yeah. Yeah, so but then it was about four years and Miss Harris was like, I think it's time for you to move up. So <laughs> I moved to the older grades after that. Okay. So, yeah. and then, and you're, correct me if I'm wrong, but you te- you're a math teacher, 
right? Is that yes. kind of your specialty? Not really. Okay. So when I, I was a reading specialist, uh, that was my endorsement on my certification. Loved reading English, did that. But at Fredonia Hill, I have taught everything from reading, history, science, math, algebra, still wow. teaching algebra now, and have loved every subject. But it was funny how you don't think you like a subject, but when I started teaching math and algebra, love it. Wow. I'm like, why didn't I do this sooner? So it's, I've taught it for about five years now and I've really loved it. We yeah. have, I mean, there's, there's a lot of teachers, uh, in our, in our congregation, some in private school, some in public school, just, you know, they're, they're spread out all over. Talk a little bit about, and now you've been, and you've been in education, education, excuse me now for a long time. And, but talk a little bit about those earlier years when you're just getting your feet on the ground, even as you came back and kind of knocking the rust off and figuring out what this looks like. In, in a in a classroom setting, and as you're teaching, and obviously being at the academy, the gospel is a is a huge focus. So you don't have that barrier of, you know, can what can I say, what can I not say, right. uh, you know. So so that's taken. But how how did you see, uh, and how did you grow and mature in integrating your faith and making Jesus a, a part of what you were doing in the classroom? I think that's a Certainly for, for younger teachers, I think, and, and maybe in a public school environment, which you've been in, mm-hmm. that's something that, that they think a lot about is oh, yes. w- what does that look like to really uh, integrate my faith into this situation? What what have you learned in that area? How did that really uh, come about for you? Well, it's really, I f- feel really bad for the teachers nowadays, especially because I think you're more watched closely, if that makes sense, on what you mention about your faith, how you carry yourself. When I first started teaching, it really wasn't that bad if you talked about your faith, if you mentioned God. At our school in Dabo, we still prayed. Yeah, Uh, It it wasn't as critical as a thing it is now. Yeah. Um, But I think when I went back to public school years later and realized, wow, I mean, I can't can't mention this. I can't Mm -hmm. talk about it. It was very hard, but I think what I did is I just led by example, Hmm. the kindness factors, the things that Jesus wants to be without having to bring him up, show who he was Hmm. in the way that you interact with kids, the way you talk about how they should live, the things that are appropriate, inappropriate and things like that. I think that's showing Jesus without having to mention it. And you'd be surprised how they catch on. I mean, they see, Hmm. wow, okay, this is how I want to live, or this is a good thing compared to what I've been doing or what's going on. Now, whether they jump on board with it is one thing, but I think leading by example of, you know, who Christ is through you Hmm. showing that you don't really have to mention his name or mention that, that they can see it. And public school teachers are doing it all over the place. Christian teachers are doing that very thing Hmm. every day, trying to lead by the example of Christ without mentioning his name. Yeah. And it's a hard thing to do because, you know, you want to praise the Lord when stuff happens. But I think that's the key to getting around it uh, when you can't. Yeah. I think that's a really good example. One of the things that we're talking a lot about is, we're, you know, we're talking about what is it that God wants to do in your life? You know, when you when you accept Jesus and begin to walk with him, what is it that he's that he's doing? What is this thing we call sanctification and transformation? And really, it's he's transforming your character. He, he is he is reworking your character to align with the character of Jesus, and I think that's exactly what you're describing. Is your it challenges you to think through maybe in a way you wouldn't 
had there not been restriction, but to think through how does my character, how does the fruit of the Holy Spirit show up in this environment? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that's a, you know, that's really good for us, Blake. I think sometimes we don't, we don't think that way a lot of times. Yeah. We don't, we don't have to think that way wherever we work or live mm-hmm. or whatever. But, but I think, uh, I think what you're saying is, man, sometimes in, in some of these teaching environments, it really challenges you to think through in a new right. way. How do I show Jesus mm-hmm. in a character way rather than just in a, in a verbal way? Yeah. And I think that's good. Yeah. And I think we can recognize each other, you know? Yeah. And that's what I always, I always go back to that, that hymn. I've always referenced that they'll know that we are Christians by our love. And I think that just our character and the way that we carry ourselves is mm-hmm. one of the greatest ways we can show who Christ is, especially in, in environments that are not open to that. Right. I want to get I want to get to you being a principal here in just a second, <laughs> but uh, but I would just again I just I know even had had conversations over this last week with teachers that are uh, in the grind and in the the very difficult environments that they're in and some oh, of those yes. being new teachers. What would you say just kind of quickly if you had a, if you had a new teacher sitting in front of you just going I don't know how to do I don't know I'm overwhelmed I don't know how to do this classroom's crazy like just what what sort of advice uh, or encouragement would you give to somebody that, that might be in that spot? Well, um, I would encourage them to listen to worship music on the way to school hmm. every day. Hmm. And don't be afraid to praise the Lord on the way. Hmm. Praise him for what he's going to do. And then on the way home, hmm. blare it again. Uh, go to the restroom and praise the Lord. There were a many, many songs that got me through Hmm. difficult years or difficult classes and times like that where, man, I just go home and just sing those songs and I'd be crying in the car and praising Hmm. the Lord for getting me through the day. But I'm telling you, it sounds cheesy to say, pray about it, ask God to help you, but it works. Wow. It just works. Wow. I love that focus on on worship. I yeah, lo- we're, I, love I mean, praise the Lord in the car, Crank all the it. way there. <laughs> one of our college students, I love this, one of our college students carries around a microphone in her car, and it's it's for the purpose of karaoke. And so whenever any, <laughs> anybody gets in the car with her, it's one of the fun, I just think that's hilarious. But yeah. maybe yes. maybe you just need to carry a microphone and yes, absolutely. blare it, you know, anyway. Well, I know Becky Weems had a, one time she let Who me borrow, that's like Weems a has. disco ball in your car. Oh, <laughs> like, that's I an mean, upgrade. get you a disco ball and a microphone. <laughs> I love you it. are good. Okay, well, let's jump into the principal stuff because uh, how that came about is really interesting. And uh, you and I have talked a lot about this uh, as, that, uh, as that sort of became evident that this is something that you felt like God was, was calling you to do. But it kind of hit you by surprise. Yes. And it was something, I, you know, I remember you just telling me the story of just going, is not something I necessarily considered, but I just kind of kept having this yes. stirring that from God going, <laughs> no, this is, I'm, I'm moving you in this direction. Tell us about how that came to be. Cause I love, I love that story. Well, when Miss Fadun left, you know, the idea came up that maybe I should do it, yeah. but I had no desire whatsoever. I didn't know where Reed was going to be. My son, um, he was going to be playing football somewhere, going to be doing something. And I didn't want to have to worry about any of that stuff. I just yeah. wanted to enjoy whoever leads. I'll follow you, but I don't want that position. Um, and so I just didn't even. It was a thought. I thought, never mind. I don't want to. You do put that. that thought out of your mind yes, quickly. I was like, nope, nope, nope. <laughs> and then this last year, when the position came open again, I just felt this overwhelming. Nope, this is you. It's you. Hmm. You're going to do this, uh, Miss Hall, who is one of our precious teachers. Mm-hmm. Um, when I went in to tell her that I had submitted my application, she said, "Honey." I knew 
that it was going to wow. be you before you even told me. Wow. She said, the Lord told me hmm. weeks ago that it was going to be you. So but before I sent that application, I literally laid my head down on my desk and went, okay, God, this is that Jeremy Camp song. This is out of my hands. Mm-hmm. And it's whatever you do with hmm. it. If I don't get it, I'm good. If I do, I do. And I just handed it over and said, here it is. Hmm. I'm doing what you told me to do. Now, hmm. whatever you do with it from here, we'll see. And there was a good waiting period in there for yeah. me to think, okay, what if this doesn't, does happen? It, it, you challenged me personally to think, what am I going to do if I get it? What am I going to do if I don't? Hmm. How will this look next year for teachers, for every, the school? Yeah. And, but, so I had a little challenging period of waiting, but it was good for me to think it all through and work on it. And then here we are. I love that. I think so. It's something that I think is encouraging for me and maybe others that are listening is that you didn't start out with this overwhelming desire to do it. Mm-mm. The The beginning point for you was a prompting from God. Yeah. And as you were obedient, as you kind of continued to pray and go, God, is this me? Is it, am I supposed to do this or not? I think what you're describing and correct me if I'm wrong, I could, I could be missing this, but desire didn't necessarily come first. Desire to do it came after, came as you were walking in obedience, saying yes, okay, okay, God, I'll take this step, I'll take this step. Desire begins to build in that. And I think I think that's important because a lot of times, I think we look for desire, passion, energy, yeah. that sort of thing first. Yes. And we look at that to determine whether or not God's calling us, not necessarily hearing his voice. So is that the order that it came in? Did you find that as you continued to move forward that desire came with yes, it yes yes yeah it was like i think we picture you know you hear if the door's open and it's easy oh i don't this I is don't, gonna be don't start me on open yeah. and closed doors oh. don't start me and so you hear that and you think <laughs> and that you know so that waiting period was like okay this door wasn't open i wasn't supposed to do this maybe this wasn't for me yeah you start questioning yourself about it but i don't think that's always the case um i think god's trying to teach you through getting you prepared for something that yeah. I wasn't prepared for. Wow. I wasn't necessarily all gung ho at first, but I knew it was what I was supposed to do. Yeah. And then once I got the job, I was like, I've never looked back. I thought, this is it. This, this is, is me. It. I'm supposed to do this. Yeah. It's great. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Well, I love mm-hmm. that. Thanks for sharing that with us. And, and listen, it, there are lots of plates spinning in your life. You got a lot going on. Yes. Uh, we're sitting here with a, with someone pursuing their master's degree, mm-hmm. uh, straight A student, by the way. Yes. Uh, <laughs> shout out to your grades. And, uh, so you got, you've got a lot going on. Um, lots has changed at the school. Yes. You've been a catalyst for a, a lot of change. I, one of the things I've loved about you and your leadership is that you have done a tremendous job of honoring the past and yes. those that have, have <laughs> served in that position before you, you've gleaned from a lot from them. Um, mm-hmm. there, there's deep friendships and ties there, which is so cool, but you're also leading uh, a lot of change and, and yeah. taking us into the future. So talk a little bit about, uh, the school. For those of you that don't know, uh, the, the Academy is, uh, from its beginning has been, uh, closely tied to the church. It's a it's a ministry branch of the church, yes. and uh, and our church sees a tremendous opportunity to uh, to share the gospel in the context of education, and that's the tagline: glorifying God through excellence in, in education. Yes. And uh, so, talk a little bit about how you have seen God move in and through 
the academy, talk a little bit uh, about where the school is going. Just kind of give us a snapshot. Give it, give us a peek into what God's up to uh, just just down the block there. <laughs> okay. Well, the academy is doing very well. We are so excited. Um, of course, like any other school or any other business through COVID, there have been ups and downs. You know this very yeah, well mm-hmm. with the church yeah. of attendance, not attendance, or just anything. COVID just kind of hit everybody out of the blue. Yeah. So those have been some struggles that the school has seen the last couple of years, naturally, as with anyone else. Yeah. There have also been periods you know, where parents were trying to get their kids, because we only go through eighth grade, to a school earlier so that they could go ahead and acclimate and get to the public school that they were going right. to go for high school. That has kind of affected some enrollment issues. But um, through it all, God has kept our doors open. He mm. has a purpose for the school. Mm-hmm. I do not know what it is. <laughs> I can't tell you that purpose, but he has a purpose because it has been all him. He has provided for us every single day mm. in that office. We see some kind of miracle, some kind of breakthrough yeah. that only God could provide. Wow. I mean, I could go on and on and on, but every day, some little something from, uh, we needed to put in some security cameras a while back, the exact amount of what we needed to put those in came through the doors that day Hmm. as a donation. I mean, just Hmm. little things every day that show us, God, you have a purpose for this Mm -hmm. and we're going to continue to honor it and move forward with it. We, our enrollment is growing. We are already right now where we were in May with enrollment and moving fast. We have people coming in every day. We actually got a new student for this year, this morning. So it's just, come on. I know they're ready to come Tuesday. So we are ready to take them. Um, I think more than anything, our passion is that we want these kids to know they're loved. I think hmm. a misconception with our school is that everyone at our school has the perfect home life, hmm. um, that they are all Christians when they come through our doors. You know, there's not a mission there, but there is a huge mission there. Um, We teach these kids about the Lord every single day. Um, We're instilling Christ in them and the education that they need. And our education has been known as being outdated. And maybe some of it has been that way, but we have added things in. We have updated it. But it's still that good old-fashioned reading, writing, arithmetic that it's missing from a lot of the school curriculums today. That works. It just works. You can fancy it up and put all kinds of names on it. But the old-fashioned curriculum, it works. These kids know what they're doing, and they love the Lord, and they come to know Christ, which is where my heart is for it. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I'll I'll say I've noticed – so every week I get to spend a little bit of time in (laughs) chapel with with you guys and the kids. And and I've noticed this this year specifically, the kids themselves seem really excited about Mm -hmm. being there. Yeah. Um, and even the way that they respond and worship and, and, and interact in, in those in, in that environment. And the other day, I was actually I wasn't actually leading. I was just sitting in the back of the sound booth. And yeah, we were, Blake's Blake's got a little he's got a little jealousy here. Okay, I think you need. <laughs> yeah, to, I think you we need were, to confess and tell this we story. Were, we were just uh, <laughs> we, the the music teacher was playing one of the videos that the one of the worship videos, and it was like a second that that video came on. And I heard all, like just all the kids go, "Oh, I love this song." <laughs> And they started jumping in oh, the yeah. gateway, and I could feel the floor moving. Like I felt the whole room like bouncing. I was like, "Wow, these kids yeah. are just fired up and excited to be here." So I think that's been really cool to. to and he's that. secretly like, "Why are they yeah, not they're... jumping when I'm playing? What's up with that?" <laughs> yeah, Blake's music that. is like, I'm like, okay, I have to speak in a minute, and so he's bringing me to tears. I gotta, you know, let's let's breathe. That's <laughs> Blake's music. It's two it's, different dynamics. That's fine. That's, that's right. Great. That's yeah. what they need both. They yeah. need both. But it's it. been fun to watch the kids. They. 
they've really they get out of the car in the morning with a smile our motto this year has been peace positivity and pure joy Hmm. we want the teachers to reflect Hmm. that we try to keep all the negative outside world things out and just have a peaceful place to come to school and that's what we've tried to instill and it's worked it's been good this year well i i love that you said that the, one of the primary things we want a kid to walk away with every single day is to realize that they're loved mm-hmm. and you cannot start in a more powerful place in the life of a kid to know that they're loved and, and not just loved in, in terms of just they're accepted and liked, but deeply loved for the fact that God made them in his image. Exactly. And that, that deep rooted sense of, of being loved because God made me is the most powerful building block in the life of a kid. And I love that wherever they are in their math or reading or arithmetic or what, well, I just doubled up there, but uh, (laughs) you know, wherever they are in there, every single kid is going to walk away knowing that God created them in his image and that they have value for that reason. And that reason alone, that they are an object of the Mm -hmm. God of the universe's affection. Yes. And that's the environment that these kids come to school in every single day. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I can't tell you how many times just as a pastor, as I sit down with people that whatever it is that they're facing traces back to the reality that they're, they're not really sure about that truth, that they're not really sure how God feels about them, that they're not really sure Mm -hmm. that God loves them. And, and so what a powerful, powerful thing to give to every kid, regardless of their background and, and where they are in their, in their faith journey or their education journey. Mm -hmm. I just, man, I just absolutely love that. So total shameless plug here. Get your kids enrolled, right? Yes, right? absolutely. We want them. We want yeah, them to so, be, okay. We're a family, and so we want you to be a part of our family. Absolutely, it's a family atmosphere. Really absolutely, is. and some fantastic teachers over there. Oh and, yes, uh, just a great crew. So seriously, I, I really am like shameless plug because uh, <laughs> I think as a as a parent of young kids, one of the things that I think is one of the most challenging things to do is to think through the education of your children. Like there's yes. nothing that really prepares you for that. And then you're in it and you go, Oh my gosh, like these are major decisions. Major, and yeah. So, uh, parents that are kind of going, what are, what are my options? And, uh, maybe I want my kids in a, in a space like that. Mm-hmm. How do they check out the school? How do they register? Like what, what's that process look like? Well, we have, you can call our school and come by anytime for a tour we also have a website, fhbacademy.org, that you can visit, and it's got information on it. It's got applications. Um, it tells kind of the tuition cost and things like that. Yeah. We do have some scholarships available for families. Um, but I think it's very important that families think about the education of their children. Um, I don't think parents realize what's being taught to your children in public education for sure. There are a lot of things in the secular world that I don't think you want instilled in your children when they're young. Yeah. Um, we do not have any of that at our school. It is a godly curriculum, but we also equip them for how to handle it when they do meet that challenge. When they're yeah. in the ninth grade in high school, how do I handle what's coming at me? Yeah, um, and so we have pre-K three through eighth grade and uh, one class each grade. We do have limited spots. So, um, it's important to enroll early so yeah. that you don't miss out on that. But yeah, it's just, we have uh, a Becca curriculum. We do the phonics in the lower grades and we go all the way up. We have Spanish one and algebra one in eighth grade that you can already get two high school credits when you leave. Wow. And we have art and music and Spanish and computer. And so we have all the extras too. And, and athletics, athletics and PE. And, so yeah. Yeah. we're kind of well-rounded, but 
it, it's all God focused. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much yeah, for stopping for by and hanging out with us. Yeah. Any, uh, any last West Texas tidbit that you would leave with our listeners? Any last little thing <laughs> you, you go wanna... through taco via. In and what do you Texas. get? What do you get? What's your, oh, what's I just your love the Plano bean and cheese burrito. I'm the boring one, but I just love that's it. Not, that's not boring. I would recommend the combo burrito, but, uh, yeah. bean and cheese is, is I just okay like too. the plain bean and cheese burrito. I'm the crazy one. Blake, we're going to take, yeah, we're going to take you there. One day. Gonna Road it's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Thank you for coming yes, by. Thank y'all. Hey, uh, check out the website. Uh, that is fhbacademy.com. You can check out the website. Yeah, we'll, put or, it in the, uh, we'll put it in the description. In the yes. show notes. Yeah. <laughs> or you can give them a call, and, and Teresa would be happy to uh, to show you around and, Absolutely. and let yeah. you know what, what the school is all about. Hey, we've got some really good episodes coming up. We've got some fun guests yeah. to uh, to interview. One may or may not make barbecue every day. Barbecue. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So he's coming up. And uh, so just some just some fun guests from, from around here. If you've got recommendations for us, you can hit us up on yeah. any of those uh, any of the- ways that you do that. Yes. But particularly, you can shoot us an email. Email's great. STC at FredoniaHill.org. Or and 1-800. No, <laughs> I was going to say, wow, we got a 1-800. <laughs> yeah. Okay, hey, thanks for listening. We will see you later. Adios. Right.